build something to the point where you can start to learn from people, get feedback. Too much research is, is, is a bad thing sometimes. Research is a euphemism for uh, procrastination. Like the best research is, is action. Like just do the thing, like, you know, execute, right? Hello, hello, hello. I am so excited today. You can say I'm 50 times overexcited because this is episode 50. My gosh, I can't believe we've done 50 episodes of the Afternoon Tea. And I am really, 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 really happy uh, because we have the William Johnson, who not only can I say I respect so much, but I also consider a friend. So I couldn't have had episode 50 or share episode 50 with a better person. Um, William, before we get into the blah blahs, let me set this up if you please. William Johnson is the founder and managing editor of the Vancouver Tech Journal with a focus in business, on business and technology. William's writing has been featured in outlets including Maclean's, The Globe and Mail, BC Business and The Daily Hive. In addition, William has been a speaker or on communications and innovation at events like the BC Tech Summit, Tech Vancouver, Marketing Connect, and the BC AMA's Vision Conference, being a Ontario transplant. Williams studied political science at Carleton University and public relations at the University of Toronto. William, thank you so much for joining me today. Chris, thanks for having me on the show. It's really exciting to be here. Well, this is going to be fun. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to actually say that the show wouldn't be the show without you. I, I actually hadn't really mentioned this before, but it's amazing because, you know, we, I just started this off as really my, the original idea of afternoon tea was just to talk to friends that I had in the community and, and, and to kind of share, um, you know, their stories. Cause I think they're super interesting um, and obviously, and I think they need to be shared, but also kind of that vision that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, someone a hundred years from now can go to the Vancouver library and, and, and take these out and, and listen and kind of have a historical thing. But this show would not have existed in the same way. I don't believe if you didn't write about it in the Vancouver Tech Journal to say you actually listed it as a, as a, as a thumbs up podcast. And the day after you gave that thumbs up, I actually had three people who ghosted me reach out and go, Hey, when could we be on the show? So I want to say that we would not have been successful or at least as quickly without your help. So thank you for that reach. First of all, uh, no, thank you, Chris. I, I, the show would have been a success even without that, I'm sure, but it is cool to see if we had any impact that was positive in that way. That's neat you to hear. Definitely did. Definitely did. Well, tell me about the creation story behind the Vancouver tech journal, if you please. It's a really long story. I'll try my best to keep it short. Or maybe I won't try my best to keep Let's it short. Let's do it, man. <laughs> um, so Chris, you know me, mentioned I'm an Ontario transplant, right? So <laughs> I grew up just outside of Ottawa, went to university at Carleton, studied political science. And I really loved writing. Political science degrees, for anyone who doesn't know, are mostly just writing essays. You know, the eight to 12 page essay, you make sure you got to, you know, increase the font size, make the spaces between lines a little bit like, you know, taller so you can stretch it just over the line. Uh, but I loved writing. So as I was studying, I thought, well, what can I do with, with writing as a student? And I, I thought, you know what, I'll try and get into the journalism school at Carleton University. For those of you who don't know, Carleton is one of the top journalism schools in the country. So I called up the, the registrar's office. The school, right? Mm -hmm. Called up the registrar's office and said, hey, how do I get into the journalism program? They looked at my grades and they said, actually, you're, you're not a good enough student. So you, there's no chance you can transfer into the journalism program. I said, oh, okay, that's fine. Um, me, someone who just likes to problem solve, I thought, okay, well, wh what can I do anyway? So I walked upstairs to the office of the Charlatan, which is Carlton's journalism uh, student newspaper and made friends with all of the journalism students. And they took a chance on me to write some stories for the, the student newspaper. So that was when I really figured out like, oh, I like this writing thing. Like, and I, I guess I can do it. And I guess people do this as a job. At the same time, Chris, 
um, as we've been hearing for like a decade, media budgets are being cut. There's there's no jobs for journalism students. So I thought, well, I like writing. What can I do with writing? And then someone suggested communications and public relations. They said that's where you can you know use your storytelling uh, interests. So we thought, oh, okay, like I'll, I'll do that. So to just fast forward through university, ended up working in communications, public relations, that sort of thing, and that eventually led me to Vancouver, BC, where I live now. My first job in Vancouver and BC, well, there were two first jobs. One was doing some freelance writing for Betakit, the national mm -hmm. tech news site. And then the other one was uh, working as a communication specialist at uh, Innovate BC. At the time, it was called BCIC, mm -hmm. right? And I'll do a really quick skip over a few years. So short story is I started as a junior comms person. I was doing a lot of copywriting. I was promoted a few times, ended up being a director of communications there. And when you're the director of communications, you're not actually doing the thing that you initially got into the industry for anymore. So I was signing expense reports, you, you, you know what I mean, in management and putting out fires and in meetings that I didn't really want to be in. So I thought, well, how can I, you know, exercise my creative muscles? And so I just was really tapped into what was going on in the tech industry in BC as a result of my job. And I thought, well, Maybe I'll start writing this newsletter, you know, every couple of weeks. Maybe people will find some value in it. So that's how the Vancouver Technical initially got started. It was just something that I thought, like, I need to be doing something with, with all this information. I, you know, how can I synthesize what I'm coming across? There's so much going on, going on in Vancouver Tech. So I sent it initially just to five people using a service called tinyletter.com. It's like the cheap version of MailChimp, essentially. And then... It sort of just grew from there. Uh, there were a few different turning points. Like uh, I created this thing called the Vancouver Ecosystem or Vancouver Innovation Ecosystem Guide. It's still online. It's an Excel sheet. Has about 150 organizations that people should tap into for support in the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And when I originally released that, and this is probably 2018, 2019, uh, in order to access it, you had to subscribe to the newsletter. So that was one of the sort of pieces of gated content that led to a lot of growth in a short period of time. Um, but so that, that's the story. I'm, I'm sure we'll get into more stuff, but that's the original story, which is that I just needed something to do. <laughs> and, and I thought there was a gap to be filled. And so I filled it in that way. Well, you know, I don't, I, I'm going to say, you know, I, I, when we have events, I see you at the events all the time and you never stop working. I mean, we were at the, 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 the what's it called? The fan Webcouver, Webcouver conference uh, a yeah. couple last week or two weeks ago, and everyone's watching and you're typing away the entire time. And I had to come and bug you once or twice to say, dude, dude, come, come on. But you know what? You're working, you're working, the, you're working the room, feel, feel it, feeling everything. Well, well, you know, the thing that I think is also really, really interesting, because again, as you, as you said, you know, budgets get cut. It's, 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 it's a really, it's a challenging business, especially when, you know, you have the internet, you have all, you know, repurposed content, you have all these things. How do you keep everything really clean? But you have a relationship with, I mean, I'm going to say OMG, you know, with the, the Overstory Media Group, which I think is really, really interesting. Um, we call it almost a Canadian vanguard and helping, you know, helping companies like yours um, really um, produce great content. Can you tell me how that relationship works? Yeah, absolutely. So, Overstory Media Group, again, national organization, independent. Um, they, they acquire, they, they build uh, community publications across the country. And so, I mean, it's an interesting story how, again, I got involved with Overstory Media Group, right? So the Vancouver Tech Journal existed. Uh, I was running it as a, as a tool, right? And as a publication. And I was actually using it to like just build relationships because I was actually doing some, uh, some consulting uh, and I had my own small business. And Overstory approached me and they said, hey, we really love what you're doing. You know, what could you do with, you know, additional resources, right? 
Um, you're working on it. You're working really hard. It's just you. Uh, we love the stories you're telling. But what do you think you could do if you didn't have to think about like growth and design and finances and that sort of thing? Uh, and I thought, well, I feel like we could do a lot, um, right? Something that I've learned just working with writers and creative people is that if you're too busy, um, that has a, a negative impact on what you produce, right? Busyness is the uh, enemy of creativity, I think is how some people would put that, right? And mm -hmm. so Overstory said, okay, well, let's talk about how we could acquire the Vancouver Tech Journal and basically keep you on to run it full time. Um, and so that's the, what's happening right now. There's the Vancouver Tech Journal team, myself, uh, James, mm -hmm. uh, Nathan Cadell, and about five to six freelance writers working on editorial and events and activities. And then we've got uh, Overstory, this, you know, over organization, this parent company that is there to provide support in terms of HR and growth marketing and acquiring new users and leads and working on a partnership to help keep the brand funded. And so it's a, a tremendous support, which allows storytellers and journalists and writers to really focus on their craft and what they do really, really well. I think, and I, and I think that's awesome. I mean, having that extra layer, uh, like like you said, you were doing before uh, reports and all that, and this allows you to free up and do what you do best, which is you know creating amazing content. So I have a good question for you, which is which is something that um, I've actually always known because it's hard to create something that you've created. Like it's hard to um, be. Get, get, get validation, like get people that really believe what you're doing. How do you mm. get welcomed by the community and accepted that you are an authority in this type of news? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. Um, I, I think there's two ways to think about it. One's really simple. It's like provide something of value uh, and hopefully people like buy into that. That's one thing. But the way I actually think about it is, is probably like, to, the quickest way to like find belonging in a community is like to speak the language of that community, right? So to find your find like your people or whoever you're, you know, you're whatever you're into, like speak your speak your own language. Like, and I kind of think about it like if I was like in another country where like English wasn't the first language, like if I just kept speaking English, eventually I would find someone that would be like, oh hey, like I, I can talk to you, and I think, oh my goodness, thank goodness I found you. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like you're my people now. Now we can we can build something here together. And, yeah. It's sort of the same thing in Vancouver, right? Like I, I moved here, like there are already people sort of doing tech stuff, obviously. Right? Mm -hmm. um, but I just started putting out like this, this content, this technology content and this tech news and this storytelling. And then I think, yeah, there were people on the receiving end of them, the receiving end of that that said, oh, like, this is interesting. Who is this person? Um, right? Like I, I'm, I'm on board with the stuff that he's putting out. So, you know, maybe I'll subscribe to his newsletter, right? And then I've got a connection with one person. And then I just think it slowly builds from there, right, mm. organically. But at the end of the day, it's about just, you know, focusing on the thing that you want to focus on. For me, anyway, that's what it was. And then it just resonated with people. Mm. Um, and again, it, it's, a, it's a slow process. Uh, and I think where some people have or struggle with that is that they, they have a good product, but maybe they don't have distribution. Like you might mm. have this great thing, but like how is it getting in front of people? Right. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, Chris, like, luckily I'm a social person. So like mm -hmm. I'm out in the world talking like nonstop to people and meeting people. And like I'm mm -hmm. at an event tonight, like in, in person. Right. So mm -hmm. I was able to develop a lot of relationships that way. And like I say, once people hear of the thing, Vancouver Tech Journal and what we're working on, there's very few people in the industry that aren't like, oh, interesting. Like, 
I'll, I'll check this thing out. Once, you know what I mean? Once it's put in front of them, they're, they're generally interested. And so I think it's just like that compounding over four or five years now. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, and, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say it out there too. I think you have a lot of authenticity. Like you really care and people can tell you really care. And also I think the stories really excite you personally. And I, I think that comes out in your writing. Um, but it seems like, you know, I mean, I always get up in the morning and, you know, well, I guess everyone gets up in the morning, but when I get up, you know, I look at my email and there, there it is. And you seem to have the scoops on a lot of the big companies still. Do you, do you have to create relationships? Is it like with PR firms or with, with the companies themselves in order to get these scoops in order for them to believe that you are the right outlet for, for the story to come out first? Yeah, it's exactly what you said, right? It's, it's building relationships. And again, I approach yeah, public relations staff or companies just as another person who is super interested. Um, like something, I just want to go add something you mentioned, which is that like, yeah, like I'm enthusiastic about the stories I'm telling. And I mm -hmm. just would say to everyone, like work is way better if you are just having fun while you're doing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, like, I don't know about you, Chris, but I, I don't actually feel like I'm working most days. So that's like a really good position to be in. So well, most of my staff don't think I'm working most days. So I, I've got both ways. <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I'm really lucky in, in that sense. But uh, to your point about developing relationships, absolutely. And again, back to the in-person thing and COVID really affected this, right? It was so much, it's so much easier to, uh, or it's so much, you're so much more likely to open an email from someone if you have even just a little bit of exposure to them already, mm -hmm. right? So now I'm at talking to people and there are people who, for example, have emailed me in the past and I've like maybe not had time to read the email, but then they'll, some of them will say to me in person, like, oh, I emailed you about X topic. And then now that I've actually met them face to face and had a conversation with them and I know they're a real human, uh, then I go back and I like find the message and I go, oh, hey, like, sorry, I missed this email. But now that we know each other, like, let's, let's, let's work on this story or something like that, right? And I think the reverse is true as well, right? There are a lot of people that I've met at events or I've met through other people. Um, and once we've had that, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversation, they're more likely to be receptive to building relationships and sharing these in advance. Mm -hmm. And, and that sort of thing. So the pandemic actually really impacted that, actually, I would say. At the same time, we're talking about growth. There were a, sort of like a confluence of developments last year that really helped the Vancouver Tech Journal and other like newsletters, right? Like people weren't in person talking. So it was like, well, how are we going to get updates? Like, how are we getting information, right? And for a lot of people, that, that was like newsletters last year. Newsletters were really hot, right? And so I'm lucky that that um, combined with BC's tech sector blowing up, right? Newsletters plus the tech sector blowing up, mm -hmm. plus people trapped at home, plus people needing authoritative sources of information, mm -hmm. all serve to uh, benefit the Vancouver Tech Journal and, and the team, right? So I always say, you know, we found ourselves in a, a slipstream of, you know, opportunities last year to, to do a lot of really good work. And I, it really worked out for us, actually. And it worked out for us because of it, too. Well, here, here's a question, because you're not, you know, New York Times, you don't, you don't have all these supports that come with it. How do you delineate from rumors from fact? Like, how do you, how do you write from, no, I know this is true, as opposed to like last week, I was reading rumors about how Disney was going to acquire, um, you know, was it like, uh, uh, Dapper Labs. Dapper Labs. It's like, hey, that's super interesting, but is that true? Like, how do you delineate and keep away from rumors? I honestly, it's, it's really simple in my opinion. And I think a lot of other writers would say this. It's like, actually talk to someone who knows. Like, it's been, mm -hmm. like I think it's very simple. And to your point, like relationships with companies are super valuable. Um, Cause you can say, I heard this thing. And then you go to them and you say, 
this is what I heard. Like, do you want to confirm it? Do you want to deny it? Do you have a comment on this? And I think that's like just really an important part of media, just like confirming facts. Uh, I saw that. I saw the Disney story too. And um, again, not to dunk on anyone who shared it, but I refused to share it because I read through the story and there were really no facts in it. And, and, and you know, as, as exciting as it would be, and uh, you know, as great it would be for the community, I'm I'm glad you didn't jump on it because you know I think once you start doing that, then it waters down your integrity, right? And uh, integrity is everything, um, mm. especially when you develop such a great brand. Um, well, 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 here's something. I mean, you've had some big scoops. What, what's been the biggest scoop that you've had um, as as the Vancouver Tech Journal since since day one? Oh, that's an interesting question. I wish I would have thought about this more. What is a really big story? I don't, I feel like, do, yeah, do we have any scoops that we had and no other organization had? I feel like it's either us plus Sean Silkoff at the Global Mail, right? Like at the same time, you know what I mean? Like that, that's generally, I feel like what it is. Uh, but I'm actually excited, not about like a big company like Microsoft, but there are scoops like there's a company called Codex locally, and they build uh, a really cool software tool, for example, where if you're a developer and you're looking through the code, you're in your integrated um, development environment, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you get to a line and you think, well, what does this line mean? Um, you can ping a colleague and they can add like uh, commentary on it. They can add um, comments like, oh, here's why we did this, right? Mm -hmm. So Codex is, is building that, right? It's kind of like, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's like Rap Genius, Chris, where you like read lyrics and you click it, it'll, 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 someone's annotated the lyric to say, this is what this means. So they do that for code, right? And so they raised $5.5 million after they went through Y Combinator, right? Mm -hmm. And they're a local company, their CEO lives in the West End, downtown Vancouver. So that was a story that we had before anyone else had. So to me, that's really exciting. Um, and I think, again, not, it's not even for my self benefit, but I think it's exciting for those companies just to get like spotlight, like they're building really cool stuff. So for me, like, I love telling stories. I also just love elevating, like, local companies and, mm. you know, telling stories about the exciting things that they're working on. For sure. And I love the fact that you mentioned, you know, you're always, you're, you're, you're neck and neck with Sean, because I'm going to tell you again, Sean's got a lot of resources behind him to get those stories. So the fact that you're even, you know, and I do consider you guys very equal in, 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 in getting these stories out. That's an honor, man. Like that's that's incredible that uh, you know that you're able to do it. Well, what what I mean, you mentioned you mentioned it was Connect Connexum, the Connect Codex Codex. Pardon me, Codex. Codex. Another one, another yeah, Vancouver yeah. company here. Um, what what's what's the most exciting companies that you're you know besides that that you're looking at right now that you're like, oh yeah, these this is going to be super interesting. Is there any companies that are on your radar right now? Yeah, I mean, it's like it's this question reminds me, Chris, when people ask me like, what's a good restaurant to go eat at, and I'm like, well, <laughs> let me tell you, it's like I need a bit more criteria. <laughs> right it's like what's the night like what kind of food do you like what's your budget anyway mm -hmm. so it's like what's an exciting company it's, it's it's sort of like that where it's like wow i don't know we need we need like an advanced search search function to narrow this down but i will tell you about a few locally like uh just because of maybe the nature of what they're building and it's important so like carbon engineering true for carbon engineering right that's a company that is building this thing called direct air capture, right? They're actually trying to pull carbon out of the atmosphere, right? I think that's just super, it's super important just in terms from a climate change perspective, but also like, you know, if, if they if they are right and they and they win and they do well, like that's, it's good news for everyone. We all just, win. You know, be, yeah, we, we all win. Um, and there are other companies that we've, we've seen uh, over the past year, right? Like uh, Abcelera is an exciting company. And not just because they, you know, 
created one of the first antibodies for, for COVID-19, right? But just they're investing heavily in uh, hiring and infrastructure within the city, right? Uh, so I think that's really exciting for Vancouver and BC generally. Uh, and then a village, you mean, basically they, down in yeah. <laughs> Right? Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there are other companies that, again, this is not a surprise, like what Dapper Labs is doing with NFTs and, right, and Top Shot and, you know, NFL, right, and they've got La Liga on flow and we've got UFC now, right, and just everyone is working in that space. I just find, like, uh, it's incredibly interesting, right? It's, right, like, uh, how would you say, like, literally on the frontier pushing boundaries. It's like, oh, we wouldn't have thought of this stuff three years ago, right? Uh, but these people were, so they just got this tremendous vision, right? Uh, other companies or actually how about a non-VC company just okay. give love some love to it and on I love Wealth Simple. Like yeah. I just think they've just got this incredibly you know elegant product and I hate my banks. So you know I, I just love to see a company building uh, a financial product with just like a, a very delicious looking you know UX. You know <laughs> yeah, I, I just love that. And then there are other companies again like just there are a lot of companies working on climate tech or clean tech that I find really inspiring, like Penny Energy. They're based on the island, right? They do water purification, which doesn't sound sexy, except that like water's like the most important resource or substance. Enjoy on drinking it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then there's companies like um, uh, Moment Energy is another one, right? Mm -hmm. um, they're basically extending the life of uh, like car batteries uh, that usually would be like retired after they like you know, 30% used, right? So they're, they're changing that. They just got, they just raised 3.5 billion, I think a million dollars from a bunch of folks, including uh, some of you probably know Boris Wirtz at version one, right? He's really, right, he's really excited about uh, Moment Energy as well as like other climate tech startups in BC. So yeah, Chris, again, long answer, but there's just, there's so many places you could go with that. Well, that's, I mean, what, what I find really interesting is that you're talking about clean tech. Like that's, mm -hmm. you know, where I mean, NFTs, clean tech, they're kind of the same or completely diverged from each other. But uh, um, well, that's really, well, well, when you look at the data, you know, of people who would look at your sites or maybe look at specific stories, do you find that mm -hmm. there's any topics that resonate with the audience most? Uh, yes. Uh, so uh, actually, so it's, um, it changes. There's, there's types of news and then there's, there's types of topics, right? So you could have like, financing and then like financing plus like web free is like you know a secret sauce you know, mm -hmm. things like that but generally speaking uh in-depth profiles of people could mm -hmm. be any topic but like we just published an in-depth profile of Kirsten Sutton mm -hmm. she's the CTO at Van City yeah. and she's just like she's a remarkable awesome. woman right yeah. and has had just an insane career French, you know classically trained French chef like had uh, like 23 jobs before she was like 27 or something outrageous like that. And then she did some incredible work at SAP, SAP yeah. right? National Event City and overhauling again, their system. So um, that profile, yeah, it's like shared widely and like, like it's blowing up, right? And so it makes, it's just, it's an incredible story, right? And super in-depth on people. Because a lot of like tech headlines are just like X company raised X money. And it's like, oh, whatever, like I can read that in 30 seconds and move on with my day. And really, I just need to read the headline. Uh, I think people really connect with these in-depth pieces. Uh, another in-depth piece we just published was, or maybe a couple of months ago, was on Lori Schultz, right? Mm -hmm. She led, led Galvanized to their billion-dollar exit, right? Like, again, another remarkable woman. Uh, it's on the boards of amazing companies here, too. Like, yeah, to yeah well, exactly. It's giving back through that, like, right, mm -hmm. that type of forum. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. um, other in-depth pieces. So we just published a few on Web3 companies, the so companies working on blockchain, crypto, 
And again, that's a really hot space. Mm -hmm. And we just, we, we go in depth with like, here are all the people you need to locally. And it's a new space so people really just need to be educated. Uh, another thing, uh, and I sort of mentioned this already, is financings, mm -hmm. right? People just love to hear about who raised X amount of money. So those, those posts always get um, significant engagement, right? And engagement doesn't like, and when, actually when I say engagement, I mean like likes and shares, not just views, mm -hmm. right? So that's mm -hmm. important just for like a media brand in terms of growth, et cetera, et cetera, right? And sure. so people love financings. Um, again, there isn't always a big story with the financing, but it is a validation, right, for those entrepreneurs, right? And it, it, it is important. And it's mm -hmm. something that people around uh, can sort of rally behind and, and celebrate. So those always get like significant engagement and people really like reading that type of stuff. Yeah, no, it's interesting because that's actually one of the first things I share is when I see that, like when we put that into our biz dev channel on Slack, like right away when you see that some sort of transaction or, or you know, raising or something like that. I'm assuming that's an easy one for you guys. You and every other professional services firm in the city, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well you know, we don't end up working with a lot of them, but I'm like, I'm just... I, I'm like you. I just love seeing wins in the community. So I think yeah, it's I think exactly. it's super interesting uh, just for that. But but totally dig that too. I mean, I'd love to say I'm doing it to go right after them. Um, but I'm I'm just I'm a cheerleader, man. You know, I am I am a cheerleader. Well, I saw recently there's VTJ 2.0, and when I say that, I'm talking about our sister city in Victoria. <laughs> yeah. Why make VTJ Victoria uh, Tech Journal as opposed to a BC or a Canadian focused one? Is there, is there a reason for that? Well, I mean, the first thing I'll say is who says we're not uh, doing that? Who says we're not working on that? It wasn't that's me. The, I'm not spreading rumors. That's, you know, that's the first comment. It's like, okay. I don't know, maybe yeah. maybe that's in the works. Uh, but the other thing is, is I talk to people all the time. And when I have people one-on-one -on -one about what they care about, it's like they, they want to identify with something locally. Like mm -hmm. the people in Vancouver I talk to, I'll talk about like a Toronto company. And to be quite honest, they don't want to hear about the Toronto company, right? They're very focused on their region or their city. And even with like some of the national tech publications, they, they sort of cover the different cities. But I find that local people, like having the label is actually very meaningful to them. Like you would be surprised at how meaningful it is to have this thing labeled the Victoria mm. Tech Journal. Like I talked to people and they're already like, we're so excited you're launching this. And it's like, well, any, I don't know. It's like anyone could have did this. I don't know why someone actually hasn't already done it. But I was like, well, why not? Like we're actually, since this will be shared in other places, we're actually trying to hire, we're trying to hire a me for Victoria. So anyone watching mm -hmm. this, you know, you know, anyone good community builder, writer, uh, storyteller, um, we want you. So come talk to me. Um, but in the meantime, we're using our Vancouver resources to help get that off the ground. But we want to do that in other cities, Chris, as well. Um, so there's, there's a lot of plans for the future. Well, that's awesome because, I mean, you found you found the secret sauce. Let's, uh, you know, bring it to scale, right? Like, how, how exactly. do you scale that secret sauce? Well, you know, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned about the likes and the, the, the shares and all that. I mean, how important is, is social media to the success of, uh, you know, a, a, a journal like your own? Well, and actually it's really important, right? So the, the one thing is what I mentioned, right? Which is you share an exciting story, you get likes and engagement, you grow your audience that way, you, that results in new subscribers, hopefully, right? That's one thing, but it's not all about pushing information out. Uh, social media is a, an extremely good source of uh, information for, for us, actually. That is where we can gather insights uh, and connect with new companies and new entrepreneurs and really good example of that actually from yesterday i don't know depends when this is published but um is 
I'm putting together an event focused on founders who bootstrap their businesses and working on a story on that. And I posted on LinkedIn, you know, looking for some, uh, and first of all, I'll tell you something, and this is like an issue we don't need to get into, but a lot of the pictures I get are usually just like PR firms pitching some male CEO, nothing wrong with male CEOs, but there are many female CEOs and female led companies that we need to be uh, elevating them much more than people already do. And so I posted specifically, um, any women uh, led bootstrap businesses, you know, tag them below or send me a DM, right? I did that on Twitter and I did that on LinkedIn. And I, I, yeah, no, I had to like shut my notifications off for it. Like, like I didn't look at the post till today. That's how much my phone's blowing up. So I waited literally a day to go back and sit down and take notes because it was, it looked like it took me an hour to just like go through all the messages and like make notes of, okay, I'll reach out to this person. Um, so social media is not just about us pushing information out. It's, it's a really good source of learning about the community and tapping into like the collective intelligence and insights of, of everyone in the community, right? So that LinkedIn post, I have 50 responses. Like that's absurd um, and really exciting, right? Because it's like, well, why is no one talking about all these, these entrepreneurs that are being tagged, right? Like what's going on here, right? So again, it's a privilege for me to like get that information and then be able to take that information and, and share it more broadly with the community. Oh, that's that's so awesome! And I saw as well. I think it was today you had a guest guest editor. Um, we are trying to get some more voices. Um, you know, female. I can't, I'm honestly drawing a blank who it was, and I'm feeling really bad about this. But I read I read the article this morning. Um, is that going to be something that you uh, do more of? Yeah. So what we did, and again, not to like, so where are we now? We're late March, but for mm-hmm. this whole month, actually. Uh, we've had three guest editors and mm-hmm. we announced them on International Women's Day. And again, it goes back to uh, providing space for underrepresented voices within mm-hmm. our publication and just the Canadian tech community in general. And so uh, this month we have three uh, th- uh, women guest editors mm-hmm. and they've been sharing insights about their experiences, but they've also been uh, assigning stories to me, uh, James and Nathan and some of our freelancers. So. Uh, yeah, they're adding a completely new perspective to the stories that we're that we're telling now and, and, and into the future. Actually, so that, that's really exciting, and we're going to be doing lots more of that throughout the year. Oh, I, th- I I really love that. I mean, I think you have an opportunity uh, to ha- share voices, um, and especially BC, where we're such a diverse group of people. Um, you know, and, and also a group of diverse people who I think are really trying to support each other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, helping you know not only just tell the stories, but allowing people to tell the stories in their own eyes as well. I think is super important and super, super valid. Um, well, I mean, you talk about, you know, reporters like James, who who is, is freaking fantastic. I, I go to events and James is always there. If, if you're not there or you guys are together, um, what was it like to hire, um, you know, additional reporters? How, how did it feel and how did it change your role? I mean, did you go back to having to be a manager again or is it, or is it a little bit more, hey, dude, do what you need to do, you know, and just keep producing good content? How, how does that work? Uh, it's a good question because I think managing in media or managing like creatives or in creative environment is probably it could be pretty different than like if you're in a corporate like finance environment. Like I, I don't know, I really worked in one. But um, when James came on, uh, it, it freed up my time to it's like work on the business, right? Like you know, you know, what I mean? working in the business, working on the business, right? And so hiring James gave me a bit of bandwidth to not just be writing as much but then it started saying okay like can we be doing events like maybe there's some partnership opportunities over here right should we be thinking about new cities as we discussed right so that was the the immediate effect and the other thing is just made me feel better because 
like there's only so many stories you can tell in a day, like one person, right? Like, and I honestly, I only think like, I think people have maybe like five creative hours in the day, really. And then like, you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, it's just good having like these extra resources and extra staff to be telling, telling stories. Also, like you say, James is an amazing writer. Um, and I, and, and sorry, a quick story. James was my co-op student at uh, Innovate BC in 2016, I think. Okay. So me and James go back and I've just sort of, you know, been like watching his, his career trajectory. And James is very similar to me in that he's worked in various uh, communications and PR type roles. Mm -hmm. uh, but his secret love has always just been writing. That's very much the same as me. And so I somehow figured out how to make writing my full-time job. And as soon as the opportunity came up for me to bring him into the fold, he was the first person I called. Um, so it's super exciting to have him, yeah, work, working on the team. Because again, yeah, we, we go back. That's, you know, that's interesting because I mean, that co-op co relationship is so important uh, to, to, to give people chances because my co-founder, Josephine, uh, who is the most talented human being? I say this all the time. She's the most talented human being I know. She was my co-op student, and oh. and I, the second I founded the company with David, I'm like, we need to bring her in. She is so talented. She is so good, and I trust her and love her and all that. But that relationship wouldn't have existed if the student, if the school didn't say, hey, here's a student for you. Why don't you work with them? So I think that's I think that's super cool. And I guess I, I know you're a big. Um, well, I know you're a big soccer fan and a sports fan, but I know James is also a monster <laughs> sports fan. So I assume um, when you're not talking tech, you're talking sports as well. Um, yeah. You know, and one thing that I think you guys do really, really interesting too, and I, and I wonder if this brings extra validity, is you're doing things in the community, not just from a, I'm showing up, but also from I'm I'm organizing. Like we had during COVID, the, the breakfast on, was it Tuesday or Wednesday morning? Whatever it was, I came as often as I could because it was it was a great way to get people in touch. How important is it? And, and, and you know, how important is it to create those type of events? Um, and is it a marketing opportunity or is it just a, uh, an opportunity for you to get people together to start talking? I mean, it's, I think it, first and foremost, it's just like community building. And BC, again, like, this is the only negative thing I'll say about, uh, not BC, Vancouver. Um, there are a lot of people working on amazing things. And it's, and it's funny, everyone is like working at an organization where they're trying to support the community. The, the organizations aren't always that great at talking to one another. Like that can be a real barrier to some people in, in Vancouver. And so for me, it's all just about convening people in the space, right? That, I think that's, that, that's like, can be one of the little things we can change to make a big difference in Vancouver and BC. It's just to bring all these different organizations together that are working on good stuff and, and, and to connect them. And then the other big thing, Chris, is just, yeah, like it, it's good to have the Vancouver Tech Journal at the center of these conversations because uh, it helps us. Yeah, it helps us with story ideas, uh, it, it, right? It helps us with partnership opportunity, right? Um, and it's, it's sort of like another medium, right? There's video, there's print, uh, right? Like, uh, it's like there's there's audio in person like that's like like that is the killer like ui right like in person conversations mm -hmm. right like it's 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 the most natural thing right to get back like to the caveman there you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right well yeah right to, to talk to someone that is mm -hmm. the most natural uh ux ui right so mm -hmm. uh yeah it's just really important for us to be at the center of conversations in real life and so what you're referring to is like, yeah we hold these tuesday morning coffees and then more recently, we've been holding um, Friday night, like happy hour drinks. And again, it's another thing where the hunger to just interact with people is, is just so strong. People are so excited. 
And we don't really do anything. We just say, come here at this time and there'll be like-minded people in the room. And sometimes it's, you know, you know, lawyers and accountants, and then sometimes it's executives at companies. And then um, more often than not, it's early stage founders mm -hmm. that need help with something. They want to connect with, you know, someone else in their field or someone who's at the same stage as them. It's not always useful for an early stage founder to talk to someone who is 30 years in. Sometimes it is, but often you want to talk to someone who's like two steps ahead of you, not 10 steps ahead of you, sure. right? You can relate a bit more, I think. Sure. As, as, as an old dog himself, I totally understand <laughs> that. Uh, um, well, you, you know, uh, the, the, the theme of Afternoon Tea is to talk to um, amazing, uh, you know, founders um, of, of Canadian organizations and companies uh, like yourself um, with the idea of, you know, getting that, uh, that next generation ready to move, ready to, to, ready to rock and roll faster. Um, can you share one piece of advice uh, to help a younger Canadian founder? Yeah. Um... I don't make, I'm like trying to think if I can summarize some of the things I've said, but like more succinctly. Um, what I think a really big one is like don't under don't underestimate the community around you. Just there's people around you that um, will be happy to help you and provide insights and guidance and mentor or to get coffee. Like that that is everywhere. And I think a key thing is you just need to ask. Um, and I, I find that every day, right? Like. I just ask questions on online and I, people are just often happy to help. And it kind of ties back, Chris, to the, you're asking me about how to like, um, how do we build this community? And for me, it was just kind of like, well, I just, to find my people, I just like spoke my language. So, right. If you're a founder, like get, get out there and talk about the things that you care about. And I think that that's how you'll build relations with people. Another quick thing is um like it's execution like action and execution for me like there are things that I've done that like I have no business doing like starting a media publication like why would I like I have a political science degree right but like um like you know everyone knows the concept of an MVP right and for me when I think about an MVP is it's really just like build something to the point where you can start to learn from your, your audience or your customers so if it's like an app maybe like you don't build that maybe you just put a landing page up you know what I mean? And like, if no one clicks anything ever, then it's like, well, I don't know, there's not demand for this thing, right? But maybe that's probably a bad example, but it's just really build something to the point where you can start to learn from people or, or, or get feedback. And the way I usually say this to people when I'm on panels and stuff is that too much research is, is, is a bad thing sometimes. Um, the way I usually put it is research is a euphemism for uh, procrastination. Right, like right, it's, research is Latin for inaction, right? And then uh, the thing about that another way is like the best research is, is action. Like just mm -hmm. do the thing, like you know, execute, right? Um, and then is there, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, something we 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 talked about, Chris, just really mm -hmm. briefly, distribution, right? Mm -hmm. Like you build the greatest thing in the world, but like if no one can hear it or or use it or access it, like then it doesn't matter, right? So mm -hmm. I think those are sort of the three things, right? Like community, speaking your language, right? Like taking action and then like figure out distribution, like critical, critical thing. These are super critical. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know what? You get to, you know, do elbows, whatever, with the hoity-toities and Canadian and Canadian <laughs> business and technology. Um, so, you know, tell me, if, is there one, like, you know, Canadian entrepreneurial star founder that would make you get, like, gobsmacked when, you, when you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm talking to this person? Or is there, someone, is there someone that you look up to so much that you'd be so excited to speak to them? Who would that be? Um, 
Oh, yeah, it's kind of like the restaurant question. Well, sorry, it wasn't a restaurant question. It was the, the hot company question, right? It's like, oh, there's so many. <laughs> um, I will choose a local company. And uh, um, and I think it was one of your past guests, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, Allison Taylor yeah. from Jane App. She's awesome. I think uh, she'll find this funny if she ever watches this or someone will tell her. But I think she's probably like, I, like, I can't wait to meet her in person someday. Like, I, I've talked to her, like, briefly on the Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I can't wait to meet her. Jane App is just this incredible business. Again, so you've, learned, you've learned about them, obviously. Uh, and she's also just, like, the coolest person, or seems like it. <laughs> I, I traded messages with her yesterday, actually. So, okay. like, good, good choice, good choice. So, um, awesome. yeah. And you know what? The thing I love about how, what she's created is that I think that might be the best example of UX I've ever come across. Like of just yeah. understanding the need of a very complicated process and mm -hmm. just making it so simple that the unsophisticated can succeed. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I salute that. I think that's incredible. Well, um, awesome, man, this is fun. They, they, first off, thanks, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being a friend. You know, I, I, I look forward to continuing the journey with you and learning so much uh you know through you and your publication and, and as it grows you know nationally internationally you know we'll, 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 we'll go from there um but you know honestly thank you for all you do and making the the, the vancouver vancouver community and the bc community that much stronger and just oh, no, thank you Chris. Man. thanks man no thanks for having me on the show it was a blast Ahoy, afternoon tea listeners if you got this far i assume you like this episode and that is awesome thank you in such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcast and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your feeds from. Afternoon Tea is a podcast with a goal to share the stories of Canada's successful tech entrepreneurs in order to prepare the next wave of founders. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we would love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T at T-T-T, that is three T's, dot studio. You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us at social media at T-T-T underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon.